finally have coffee today. I don't usually have coffee during our recording. This makes me happy. Is it just normal coffee? Is it a special S- coffee? Somebody put the Kirkland brand breakfast blend, say that five times fast, out in our Keurig baskets out there in the Connection Center. And you, so find, you find that good? This is probably one of my favorites. This is what I buy at home, the breakfast blend. Uh, the bold, was it the Pacific Bold? The that Pacific was, Bold is what I normally drink. Of course. Of course. We, Go the, figure. Never the two, <laughs> never the two shall meet. Do you like this breakfast blend? It's just a little. It, it's okay. It's a little, a little breakfasty. It comes with I, a side I'm, of eggs I'm, I'm and bacon. Into, I'm more into bold. You're, you are bold. We that was our theme one year for our confirmation retreat. Be bold. Be bold. That was kind of a that was a cool theme. I enjoyed that. Well, who are you? Hi everyone. My name's Michael. I uh, work here at St. John the Twenty Third. And that's Father Herb. We're not sure if he works here, but he keeps showing up. So. <laughs> You know, I don't call this work. When you love it, it's not work. But no, it, it's ministry. It's ministry. Well, actually, that was kind of neat what you were saying, not to uh, get into today's Mass. Uh, this morning, Tuesday morning, your, yes. Yeah, you're called to be pastor versus it, it, yeah, evangelizing. Well, I was talking about, uh, for those who did not watch it Which is probably online, most, most of you. I was talking about the Acts of the Apostles where Paul and Barnabas planted churches and then they moved on yeah and they left the presbyters which are elders but that's that really is the origin of the term priest yeah they left them behind to be the pastors and so i was talking about the difference between the planters and the pastors you know at we have first-hand experience of that of planting a parish planting but yeah that's true planting a parish i um i can still see in as clear as day in my memory the first correspondence you and I had via email uh, of, hey, we're starting a new parish. And email was new in those days. It was. You emailed me. I, You know, it was one of those significant life moments. And you it, said, I'll FaceTime you. And oops, <laughs> I can't. It's not been invite, invented yet. Yeah, oops. <laughs> um, but those significant life moments that are forever etched in your brain. And little did I know how significant starting to play at that little new church at Perrysburg High School would be in well, my life. Well, r- real quickly, just one thing. Uh, we met on a blind date. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've told this story on the podcast before. But, but there's always new listeners. I was looking for somebody who could play part-time, occasionally, f- for the beginning of the parish. Yes. And somebody gave me your uh, email address. Yes. I don't think I even had your phone number. Gave me your email address. Yep. I was still in Mansfield. I said, I'm going to be starting a parish come this summer. I need somebody who can help me create the music program. And I was a outgoing freshman, incoming sophomore at BGSU. You were 19 years old. Working on my music education degree. You were 19 years old. I was. I even had an earring. How embarrassing is that? You had an earring when I <laughs> I interviewed you at Bob Evans because we had no other place. I said, I'll we be did. the one dressed like a priest. And I said, okay, I'll be there. And, uh, and I said, it doesn't happen that way, Michael. I, I need, I can interview you, but because it's music, you have to be auditioned. Sure. So we had to borrow a church and borrow a piano and borrow an organ and borrow a choir and borrow All of a few things. other music directors to to go through the process. Yeah. And here we are. Yes. 16 years later. You know, I, I do realize at the time you were desperate that you, you probably did, didn't interview anyone else. Oh, I, I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> 
those those hey. uh, those other seventeen people may be listening. Uh, oh, we were up to seventeen on the podcast now. No, no, seventeen other applicants. Uh, applicants. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad they list, they listen to the podcast. Anyway, it's been a ride, and I'm just I'm so grateful for it. And uh, it's cool that now, you know, we're in first communion season. We had our first one last Sunday. And fast forward, in two weeks, my oldest child will be making her first Holy Communion at this parish, the same one she was baptized at. That's very, the same one where you were, you were married. Yeah. Okay, this is very exciting, and it's interesting well, you call it uh, First Communion season, because in normal <laughs> it's like years, football season. in normal years, there's just one First Holy Communion sure. weekend. Uh, some places have more than one Mass if the church is small. Sure. Uh, but we, we have a series of three weeks for First Holy Communion because we want the crowd to remain relatively small. And I thought last Sunday was a it nice It went mass. quite, quite beautifully. It yes, really did. And I think people were okay with the fact that uh, they, they could spread out if they wished. And there was one couple sitting farther back uh, because of COVID-related issues that sure. they chose to be isolated from the others. Sure. Meanwhile... In addition to First Communion, weekend masses, uh, people are coming back. It's good to see people. I, this past weekend, uh, a couple came in that we haven't seen for a while. They uh, moved out of the area a few years ago, but it was so good to talk to them before mass. And they said they've been watching and staying in touch. And it's just neat, the community and the family that evolves here. And I think you made the comment once before that our streaming is not just to hang on to people. It's also been a, a tool of evangelization. We've been able to reach people who otherwise sure. did not have a, a connection with a, a church or their own parish. Very much so. With that said, we are already upon the sixth Sunday of Easter. And this is the last Easter Sunday we get to count. That's correct, so because you, next week we will be on the Feast of the Ascension of the Lord. Because we delay it to Sunday. Yeah, uh, 40 days after Easter would be a Thursday, Ascension Thursday, which is next Thursday. Thurs right. Thursday would be, uh, what day is that? Uh, uh, I don't have my calendar. It would be the, the, the 14th. Oh, the yeah. thir The 13th, I'm sorry. The 13th, thir Thursday yes. the 13th. So, but it's going to be celebrated the subsequent Sunday. So we are on May 9th right now, and the gospel is an exact continuation. I mean, it picks up exactly where last week left off. And if you recall, last week was the story of I am the vine and you are the branches. branches. And I did have one person because I talked about I like that passage more than Jesus saying, I'm the good shepherd, you are the sheep. Yeah. He said, but don't tell the sheep. Uh, one man came up to me afterwards and he said, I don't have sheep, so I won't tell them, but I do have vines and I am a grapes and I, I'm going to tell them that you like them more than sheep. <laughs> hey, by the way, you never said anything to me. Did you notice I played your grapefruit song? You did play subtly it. Yeah, last during, during, it wasn't subtle at all. It was very <laughs> in my face during the, during the offertory. I was wondering if anybody sitting in the pews that listens to the podcast would catch what was happening. It, just a little nuance yeah. there. Uh, the, the real song is we have been told, yes. right? But I noticed I started with the verse. I wanted that. I, 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 well, you didn't use the words. I am the vine. You are the branches. All who dwell in me will bear great fruit. Great fruit. But I, I wanted to start with the verse. I wanted it to hit your ears immediately. It was just like a, a little conversation in the middle of mass. Yeah, he was giving me a subliminal message. <laughs> it's, I actually have always enjoyed playing that song. People wonder. People wonder how 
you finish what you're playing at the same time as I finish the prayers at the altar. Uh, should we tell them the secret? It's because I'm watching you and you're listening to me. Yes, there's a lot of interaction going on that nobody can see. Sure. That's, that's uh, what comes with many years of working together. But what lesson I learned from you, and by the way, I have learned from you over the years. All right, this hold on. Po hold the phone. Write okay. this down. You write this down. One of the things I've learned from you is that when music's involved, uh -huh. it's, especially with a group, it's more important to be a listener than a singer. Sure. You have to know what the other person is doing. Yeah, if you can't hear anybody else you're playing or singing with. What's that? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a team effort. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we are on John's Gospel, Chapter 15, Farewell Discourse. We already said, I am the vine, you are the branches, and here it goes from here. And once again, we are going to break this into two parts. Okay. I'm going to do the very first part. Okay. Which is the continuation. And then I will end with, so that my joy might be complete. Okay. Are you with me? I'm with you. Okay. Chapter 15 of John's Gospel, verses 9 to 17. Jesus said to his disciples, as the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy might be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you this. I command you love one another the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ talk about bold talk about bold this is bold this passage this gospel passage is used with some regularity it's not probably the number one but it's in the top two or three mm -hmm. used by married couples or engaged couples as they plan their wedding ceremony yeah because they have got a booklet with maybe a, a dozen gospel readings to choose from and this is one that is chosen quite often. Yeah. In fact, just last week, there was a couple in my office and they said they were choosing this passage. And I said, oh, that's great because that's going to be read at Sunday Mass next week. I said, can you tell me why did you choose it? Is it that whole phrase, remain in my love? And they said, no, Father. We chose it because of the line, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy might be complete. Wow. So they, they said, it, for us, we were attracted by the idea of complete joy. Hmm. And they said, of course, it's related to love, but joy. I am glad I asked them why you chose it, because I was emphasizing remain in my love. And I do think it's very important to remain. You don't just uh, love somebody one day, and the next day you move on to something else. Yeah, uh, It's a... A continuous love. I, uh, I I love that book that you alluded to that we use with the couples for marriage prep because it allows them to go through the whole mass and pick out 
the different prayers and the readings. And the couple that I met with last night as we were going through the, the mass for their, their wedding, we came to the verse before the during the Alleluia, before the gospel is proclaimed, which is probably, honestly, a part of the mass most people overlook. It's kind of overlooked, yes. Yeah. Uh, but as the musician, it's important because generally that verse that we sing between the Alleluia's references the readings or is a preview of what's coming into the gospel. You know, it sets the tone for what's to come. But we were talking about, you know, the one that they chose referenced this gospel reading about love one another. And so we got to talk about that specific point of the mass, which is generally a conversation that we don't get to have with people. Um, but yes, I think, you know, with this reading, Father Jeff talked about maybe a week or two in his homily that it's unfortunate that in the English language, we only have one word for love and it's love. And he used the example, you know, we love pizza, which let it be known. I love pizza, uh, but we also love our kids and we love our wife and you love your pastor and you love the people that go to your church. Um, but not to have not have a word that describes different types of love. Obviously, I don't love pizza the same way I love my kids. It's close, but not quite the same. Um, it lacks in English a little bit. Now, as a, as a Spanish speaker, are there different words for love in Spanish? Um, love as a noun has different words. Um, but we have that in English, too. We have love, we have charity, and they have different flavors. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that the latest translation of the mass prayers often will use the word charity, mm -hmm. whereas in the older translation, it would have used the word love. Unfortunately, charity, which is really quite a good word, yeah, uh, has the connotation right now of being like a, almost a formalized uh, support system for the poor. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Give, give to charity. The the reading that comes to mind for me, and I, and I obviously I have not uh, I have not read the original uh, language that the gospels are written in the but Greek Greek. I believe that in the breakfast on the beach scene where, you know, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yeah. Each time he says that Jesus is actually using a different form of love in Greek. Is he not? He, I, I, um, I haven't read it recently, but I think it's the third time he changes it. So it's like, it's like re upping, like going yeah. deeper yeah. each and every time. So anyway, with all of that being said, but, Boy, but, this world could use a little more love right now. Okay, so I'm gonna just real. We're gonna take one minute on this. Okay, tell this me tell commercial me a, break. Tell me a favorite love song that you have. You're you're a musician. Oh, let's see. Favorite love song. I like like some of the old standards, like the the uh, Frank Sinatra or the newer songs that that Michael Bublé has kind of redone. Those are kind of fun. Uh, give me an example. Uh, so, um, what, what's the song? I can't think of the name of it. Is it? The only song from Frank Sinatra I can think of is I Did It My Way. And I don't think of that as a Well, love. of course. That's not a love song, except he loves himself. He's got love. You know, <laughs> L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. He literally gets to spell the word in the song. For those know, that are... I don't know that song. Oh, you do know that song. You're, you're so much older than I. My generation, we didn't do that. The <laughs> What's the song? Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Thank God for the, thank God the internet's working today. Yeah. Oh, the, um, I've always liked, and he didn't do the original, but there's a song called try a little tenderness that Michael Buble sang. Okay. Try a little tenderness. Do you know that song? Yeah. 
Uh, and it the the original version, it's just like those kind of those old jazz standards that it starts kind of simple and it builds as it goes. That's kind of fun. I am a child of the 90s and early 2000s, though. So most love songs that I was introduced to growing up were from either boy bands. Oh, there was like Savage Garden song. I knew you. I knew I loved you before I met you. That was probably one of my favorite love songs in like junior high. That was probably like a classic song at a junior high dance, which thinking about that, is that not a great song for God? I knew I loved you before I met you. But he's always known us. I'm trying to come up with a good answer to that. I don't know. That's theologically deep, isn't it? There's also in sync song, God must have spent a little more time on you. My fellow millennials that are listening will be enjoying all of these titles. And you know what? Uh, Millennials, one of you is going to have to translate things for me. (laughs) That's a nice sentiment. I'm I'm, I'm still back with uh, uh, a portrait of my love from the 1950s. Oh, is that your favorite? Uh, no, no one could por- paint a portrait of my love. Do you know that song? No, from the okay. 1950s. Yeah, oh, I remember them well. There, there will, uh, there will never be a portrait of my love. That's the opening line. That you can't capture it. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's uh, my love is beyond picture, which is actually a very important phrase for me, mm-hmm. because with all this talk about love, God is love is in the second reading, John, letter of John. God is love, mm-hmm. and then remain in my love. Can there be, how do you picture love? You know, I think songs try to put words to love. Yeah. Uh, artists try to paint pictures of love. Uh, we don't want love just to remain abstract. It's a word that we probably tend to overuse. Yeah. That we take for granted. Consequently, the part that I allowed you to read of the gospel is extremely, <laughs> extremely important. That Thank you. Thank you. For the line that says... No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Hmm. So if you're picturing love, to me, that is the image of love. Yeah. To totally, totally immerse yourself. I wrote the bulletin for this coming Sunday about Mother's Day because it's also Mother's Day. Yeah. But I was referring to a woman I met in Nicaragua during the Contra Sandinista War. I was down there during that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was a mother. They they had a group, mothers of the the martyrs and disappeared. Yeah. And uh, all of these mothers had lost a husband, a son, a daughter uh, during the Sandinista Contra War, mm-hmm. and they pretty much were representing the ones who had lost to the Contras because the Contras had a war uh, where they would like kidnap and and usually put to death. Uh, peace workers like mm-hmm. the the health workers out in the mountains and in the hills and this woman's daughter had been kidnapped and I don't know if she ever saw her again but I was talking to that mother and these mothers had banded together because they were determined that they were going to fight the injustice of having lost someone mm-hmm. and I was saying you know what is love love is put into action and there's courage personified there's you can't I, I think nobody can represent the the power of love as a determined mother yeah we always talk about a mother bear well guess what Mo- mother <laughs> women mother humans are just as another formidable. force to be reckoned with yeah you know you talk about that image of sacrificial love 
we are reminded of that every time we walk into a Catholic church. Well, yeah, the crucifix, but that, and this is a reference to Jesus himself because right. this is from the farewell discourse. Chapters and in John's 14, 15, 16, 16 and 17. 17. And this is chapter 15, yeah. but it's, it's uh, presented just moments before Jesus is arrested. Mm. So he says, no one has greater love than to lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends. So that is, so we're not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend love, but we are talking about a total selfless love. Yeah. I, I'm willing to lay down my life for my friends. Well, you know, it's funny that you talk about boyfriend, girlfriend love. You think when you're a teenager or when you're in high school that you really love someone. You have no idea what it means, right? You don't know what, what love By the way, if there's teenagers listening. Sorry, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's it's totally, you know, your your definition and your your um the way that you are able to love people changes as you progress through life. And I think, you know, you can probably teach me a lot of things, at least one or two, um about what that looks like even in the relationships that you have because life experience and uh good times and bad times and all of those things change. You know, Bishop Barron, I've used this on the podcast before, talks about loving is willing the, to love someone is to will the good of that person, right? Is that we want goodness. Well, love, that's, that's interestingly put, uh, to will the good. Love is not from the emotions, although there might be an emotional connection to it. Yeah. It is from the will, the will of a human. Yeah. So we make choices. We choose to love and we choose to love when it may be a bad day and we would just assume not even see that other person. Yeah. Well, hey, those of you listening to this podcast, we love you. And we thank you uh, for spending another 23 minutes with us. Back to love songs. We'll go back to your era. All you need is love. That's all a good song. All you need is love. Let's all da, go listen da, to da, that. Tum. I wish I could play that one at Mass. <laughs> okay. Hey, God bless you, everybody. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>